What's good, sports fans? Christian Pedersen here in the San Diego Prep Insider Studios with the Week 2 CIF San Diego Section Football Recap Show. This show, as all of our shows, is brought to you by Blast Radius Coffee. For more info, visit BlastRadiusCoffee.com. Check out everything that they're doing because they're supporting us. They bring this to you guys so we can stay free. Folks, wow. Um, I will probably, full disclosure, be on here every week saying the stakes get bigger. It gets more intense. It's more dramatic. It's more everything every single week. But I don't think that that's a lie. I don't think that that's necessarily hyperbole because I don't have any evidence against it through the first two weeks of the San Diego section football season. My goodness. Okay, so if you are new to the recap show, what we're going to do here is I'm talking for the first about 15 minutes, 20 minutes tops. So if you don't want to hear me just talking scores, giving basic stats, telling you you know what this moves that team to ranking-wise, jump ahead about 15, 20 minutes. We got a whole lineup of people that we're talking to from all over the county newspapers blogs radio stations we're getting input from everybody so that'll be going the whole back half of this Uh, my last note for those of you listening right now players coaches fans if you want to be part of this recap show all you got to do is reach out we record it somewhere between friday night and saturday afternoon So I want to get everybody who has something to say about San Diego high school football on this show. All right, that being said, we are going to start the recap detailed portion of this show. As always, we are working alongside Scorebook Live to help bring you stats. I say that because we, you know, I personally cannot source all the stats and information from the entire county's games. So we are using what is put into Scorebook Live stats and results-wise. We're just going to go top of the page to the bottom of the page. And our first game up, and you'll hear a lot of the pundits talking about this one, is Lincoln moving to 2-0 with a 26-24 win over El Camino. This one coming down to, I, I mean, insanity late in the game. For, for Lincoln to go ahead and try and pull this off. The defense gets gets great results. Keyshawn Ford, great touchdowns. El Camino, though, Noah Laxina earlier in our uh, uh, football preview show this week uh, it was getting kind of joked on about you know, saying a moral victory. El Camino t- takes a moral victory here out of this one. Zion Jackson goes for 260 yards on 27 carries. El Camino, they, they have proven to us, I believe, that they are the real deal with this win or with this, with, you know, this loss, but it, it's a moral. It, it, look, that's how tight and close this game was. Our next game is the Ocean View Christian Patriots winning 24-13 over the Calvary Christian Academy Royal Knights. This moves Ocean View Christian to 1-0 on the season. Congratulations to them. Our next game to talk about is Tri-City Christian, 42-0 over O'Farrell. Tri-City, we, uh, we're, you know, they're in a new league this year, so every single win, I think, I'm not going to say counts double because a win counts as only one win, but, it, but the perception 
for Tri-City Christian moving into the new league with SFC and Bishops and Classical is is they've got to create as much momentum and buzz about themselves as they can. So 2-0 and early on in the season, good for them. Our next game to talk about is Crawford, Wampin, Maranatha Christian, 39-0 to open up the home stand for them this season. Crawford going to 1-1 one and one on the year. Big win for Coach Matt Marquez. Congratulations. I, I, I mean, I, that checks both the boxes. Game ball to the offense, game ball to the defense. Special teams throw it in there, too. Our next game is the Morris Tigers getting their season started. They are 1-0 and after a 68-32 win over Patrick Henry. Um, yeah, I just said 68-32. 68 points for the Morris Tigers. That is Massive. Steel Canyon, our next game, they go to 2-0 and on the year with a 19-14 win over the Madison Warhawks. Steel Canyon looking more and more the real deal with every single win. Madison, kind of the same as El Camino. This is, this is a moral victory. Uh, we had a lot of questions about Madison and how hard they were going to hit by graduation. They're answering this week by week that this is a very legitimately talented Madison Warhawk team. Our next game to talk about is Santana moving to 2-0 and on the season with a 30-14 to win over Sarah. This one, you know, I, I mean, every, every, you'll hear a consistent theme later in this show when you jump around to all the, the analysts is that people are really liking what they're seeing out in the East County, and this one is further proof of that. Next game is Bishops moving to 2-0 on the season with a 58-12 win over University City. Tyler Buckner got the chance to air it out with his arm a little bit. The defense was working. Bishops Knights answering a lot of questions there. They are looking good. Next game is Army-Navy Academy falling 31-8 to the Hamilton Bobcats. Army-Navy Academy bit by bit will improve as the season goes on. Our next game, Benita Vista... Gets the dub, bounce back style, 57-0 over San Ysidro. Benita Vista moving to 1-1 one and one on the season as they, they correct the ship, if you will, from week one to week two. Uh, next game, Borrego Springs gets the win, 69-40 over the Warner Wildcats. Borrego Springs is now 1-0 and oh on the season. Moving right along Castle Park, the Trojans move to 2-0 and with a 41-21 win over the Mountain Empire Red Hawks. This is big. Castle Park last year, league champs in a, in a weird abbreviated season. This year, looking to silence all of the questions surrounding a new coaching staff and everything, and Castle Park really looking strong out the gate. Next game is Mount Miguel, 44-7 over Chula Vista. The Matadors and Coach Troy Starr moved 1-1 one and one on the year in an impressive fashion. This league, though, the El Cajon, or the Grossmont Valley League, I say El Cajon because El Cajon Valley is at top of it, Santana's at top of it. This is going to be a packed league battle, so Mount Miguel picking up a must-win game here early in the season. Next, we go to Classical Academy, 26-0 over the Coronado Islanders. For Classical Academy, this one is the bounce-back win, going to 1-1 one one on the season. 
you know, these when you when you have a shutout, you you can't break down too much more than just saying it, it it's a success across the board. Another shutout that we've got is Saint Augustine forty seven zero over East Lake. Personally, I have them voted you know one A one B, but one A over Cathedral Catholic. Games like that are a lot of the reason why you look at that. There's nothing wrong with anything on either side of the ball. Next is El Cajon Valley. I already mentioned them at 2-0. They go to 2-0 with a 20-19 win over Hoover. Consistent theme for El Cajon Valley this season is nail-biter games as this is a second week where they pull out a dramatic win. Look out. Something's going on there that they are uh, they are up to something a little bit for the Braves. Next game, the Hilltop Lancers 47-41 over El Capitan in a run-em, gun-em, shoot-em-out style game out in the East County. Hilltop 2-0 now on the season. You know, that that's a great. Allow a ton of points, whatever. Score a ton of points, even better. Coach Wesleyan has got it really dialed in right now on the offensive end. You got to have a lot of confidence in that. And for LCAP, the corrections that they make from week one to week two, the, the the trend is upward. It's still time to invest and buy, 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 not sell, sell, sell. Escondido, they get a bounce back win to move to one and one on the season, 49-29 over Orange Glen. Really impressed with that win for Escondido. Next one, Santa Fe Christian moves to 2-0 with a 35-13 win over Francis Parker. SFC answering a lot of their graduation questions. They're the real deal this season. A lot of production coming from them on all sides of the ball. Coastal League is going to be an absolute dogfight down the second half of the season, it looks like. Next game, we head out east to Granite Hills as the Eagles open up their home season with a 34-14 win over Mount Carmel. This is 2-0 now for a Granite Hills team that, with Coach Cobbs, we we saw last year that when you give him athletes, he's going to make something happen. He's making even more happen somehow this season, and it is dialing up in an impressive way. Our next game, Grossmont 59-26 over Modern Day Catholic. Grossmont moves to 2-0 on the season. Jamie Odom might be the most prolific passer in the San Diego section when it is all said and done at the end of the year because he has weapons on weapons on weapons to deal with. Next game, we head up north. Lacosta Canyon gets the bounce back win 24-23 over Vista in a nail-biter. Later in the show, Eric Williams, WBK Sports on Twitter, has a full breakdown of that game, including a Desmond Taua touchdown pass for Vista. All sorts of insanity going on there, but congratulations to Coach Sovacool and the Mavericks. Marshall Iger, like, you know, get the offense going, jump-start it however you can, but he breathed some life into his squad there. Next game, La Jolla, they win... 34-13 over the Mission Bay Buccaneers to move to 1-1 one one on the season. Both those squads now 1-1 one one on the year. Mar Vista, they dropped a game on the road at Santa Ana Valley, 40-6. The Mariners moved 1-1 one one on the season. A tough road game out of the section. That'll play into strength of schedule no matter how you chop that one up. Up north, San Marcos, they get a big win, 38-7 over Mira Mesa. Congratulations to Coach Stank for his first win with the San Marcos Knights. 
tough loss week one for them. Great, solid win at home. You know, it, it's going to be tough if this is a team that can't perform on the road, can perform at home. That's a huge split, but I still see San Marcos with a lot of potential this year. Mira Mesa as well. They're, they're just trying to find that identity. Coach Thompson will find that identity. I don't think that there's anything to panic about for Mira Mesa. Our next game, Monta Vista, the Monarchs, Go to 1-1 one one on the season with a 28-14 win over Rancho Buena Vista. The Monarchs, they've got the size, they've got the strength, and every single win is going to count very big early in the season because they will need to be in position to win a couple of league games with the battle that they've gone going on out there. Oceanside, the Pirates, they get in the win column this season with a 26-6 win at Westview Oceanside. Upward trend over the last couple of years and into the next couple of years. Kavika Tua and company have a lot of good going there. Next game, Valley Center gets in the win column. They move to 1-1 one one with a 17-7 win over Otay Ranch at home. Point Loma, they get themselves in the win column going to 1-1 one one on the season with a 28-7 win over Ramona at Ramona. You know, uh, Point Loma, tough loss last week against El Camino. You look at it this, this week and you go, okay, um, questions answered. That's a good team. That's a good squad. They're going to be fun to play spoiler potentially in league later this year. San Pasqual is our next team to talk about as they move to 2-0 with an impressive 35-31 win over Rancho Bernardo. San Pasqual, they got an offense that is very hard to defend, and if they can keep scoring high volume like they have these first two weeks, they are a team to absolutely look out for. Our next game is Torrey Pines going on the road at San Clemente, and they drop a heartbreaker 31-7. Torrey Pines is now 1-1 one one on the season. Nothing negative to say here. San Clemente is a really tough team. Torrey Pines is a squad that uh, it, the litmus test came back after last week, and they are an amazing team. They're going to have ups and downs as their younger guys figure it out, but... This isn't a down to, to panic or get off the bandwagon at all. Next game to talk about is Sweetwater, 35-6 to six over Fallbrook. The Red Devils get a win at home to move to 1-1 one and one on the season. We head out to the East County for our next final score. Valhalla, 24-14 over West Hills. Keegan Baker. Keegan, I apologize for misspelling your name on our Twitter and Instagram polls last week. Never going to happen again. He carries four or five defenders with him every time he runs the ball. This is going to be an above 500 Valhalla team. The only question is how high is the ceiling? Poway, next team to talk about. They go to one and one on the year, putting up a 50-burger on Olympian as they win on the road to, to correct the ship after last week. Montgomery, 54-0 over California Military Institute. Huge shout-out to Coach Dunkel, Coach McKay, everything going on there for Montgomery in the offseason is translating very directly into regular season results. Foothills Christian, the Knights, they moved to 2-0 on the year with a 44-14 win over New Design University Park. We have said it all season or all you know off season long. Until proven otherwise, 
Foothills Christian is the, they're they're the team to beat in their division. Scroll down here to our next game. Mission Hills, the Grizzlies, they go on the road at Westlake and get a huge win, 25-21 to move to 1-1 one one on the season. Huge battles always in the, in the beginning of the year for Mission Hills as they take on major non-section opponents. That's a very, very promising result. Escondido Charter drops a heartbreaker, 15-10 to Temecula Prep. The Christian Patriots get themselves in the win column this season with a 23-16 win over De Anza. This one uh, moves Christian to 1-1 one one on the season. Our next game to talk about is the Harriman Mustangs getting an overtime win against the Helix Highlanders, but win, lose, or draw, this one was a historic night for El Noah as he becomes the all-time leading rusher in Helix High School history. And for those of you that are new to San Diego High School football, other notable running backs at Helix include Reggie Bush. So when you have a Heisman Trophy winner, an NFL caliber running back who was an all-out legend at your high school and you are now a more prolific runner than him, that is something that you just have to stand up, tip your cap, and show respect to. El Elyon has been doing this since freshman year, and he's got eight more games this season plus a couple of postseason games. I mean, is 6,000 possible? I have no reason to believe it's not. 6,500? Let's go. Let's see where he can go. Just so you know, folks, he's also one of the nicest guys out there. Just an all-around general person to be happy for accomplishing something like this. So congratulations. Next team, the Central Spartans. Still haven't allowed a touchdown yet this year. 42-0 over Kofa. The Central Spartans move to 2-0 and continue to impress. Our next score to talk about is Imperial. The Tigers 28-0 over Holtville. Vincent Memorial, 48-7 over Southwest San Diego. Victory Christian Academy, 56-36 over Calvin Christian. Carlsbad, the Lancers, they move to 2-0 and continue to threaten to change the landscape atop San Diego High School football as they win 52-7 on the road at Millican. There is, there is everything to be terrified about uh, if you are the established status quo uh, and when you look at Carlsbad. San Pasquale Academy, a 28-0 win over St. Joseph's Academy. San Pasquale Academy in the win column this season in an impressive fashion. Scroll down to our next game. La Jolla Country Day goes 55-49 over Cardenas Federal Prep. Scripps Ranch, they move to 2-0 and continue to impress as they win 30-10 over Del Norte. And that is our final result of the week with the caveat that all of this is being recorded before Cathedral Catholic plays in the Honor Bowl. There will be enough Twitter coverage of all of that that you will know the results of that, but I promise we will also have a secondary follow-up conversation with John Maffey, Bodie De Silva, some of the other people that are there at the game because that is an impressive showing that Cathedral Catholic always has in taking on uh, anybody and everybody, biggest, baddest, and the best that they can get their hands on. Thank you very much for tuning into the first segment 
of the San Diego Prep Insider Week 2 High School Football Recap Show brought to you by Blast Radius Coffee. For more information, check out BlastRadiusCoffee.com. Stay tuned for a full array of San Diego High School section pundits reacting, given their inside, in-person analysis to what they saw. Okay, uh, we now go to Adam Paul for... Re, re, well, okay, so look, I don't know, Adam, are you, like, have you like been able to put together the pieces of your mind after watching a four-hour, 90-point, like, heavyweight fight between El Cap and Hilltop tonight? Well, it kind of reminded me of the old, I know this is a little bit of an old reference, but it, the old-fashioned um, holiday bowl shootout, the last team with the with the ball uh, stands last, I, I mean, it was crazy. We're just like, okay, is this game going to ever end? So you uh, you don't have any official stats on you right now, but uh, you were saying enough lead changes uh, that you'd have to count it on two hands. Kind of give us just what you saw because I was caught off guard in our first recap show after week one when John Maffey from the Union Tribune saw – Hilltop beat Escondido in a fashion that he said, this team is on the radar for me to be a top 10 team. And I was kind of like, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 John, 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 what? So week two, though, they go down early. They fight their way back. What kind of, like, help us put this game a little bit into context. Yeah, you know, I would agree with that because um, talking to – uh, Coach Wesley after the game, you know, they um, they basically um, came up big when it counted. You know, they didn't panic. Um, they took the lead. You know, took the what ended up being the event, their fin- the final lead of the game with um, nine minutes and change left to go in the game, and you know, El Cap had a chance to retake the lead in the victory with just about a minute or so and you know hilltop stop stop the defense came up really big at uh fourth and three and stopped and stuffed el cap to preserve the victory and i mean they they could have folded early on because el cap took their biggest lead was, was about a 10 point lead um but Hilltop, they just came back and, like you said, it was a heavyweight fight back and forth, back and forth. Um, you know, both teams, you know, obviously, you know, they shot each other in the foot with penalties, but um, Hilltop made the adjustments and they kind of started out with a, with a trick. They started out with a trick play. It's like, okay, wow, that's kind of early to be pulling stuff out of the kitchen sink, as you want to, as you call it. Um but no, it was exciting, and again, like I said, Hilltop when it counted, they made everything happen. That quarterback, he's legit. He's a legitimate quarterback. Okay, so let me take a step back first, and um, I, I did. I was so eager to start talking about this game that I completely forgot to properly introduce and do the the standard hosty pluggy things. Adam Paul is EC underscore preps underscore SD on social media, Twitter, Instagram. He's providing some of the best clips that you can get out there. So, Adam, 
Um, one last question I have for this because mm-hmm. I, I I would say that when you have a team that wins two or oh, let, let me oh, two two last questions one hilltop one El Cap Let, let's start with the hilltop one when you have a team that wins two straight high scoring shootouts mm-hmm. did you see anything on the defensive side for Hilltop that you're like, you know what, it's just a week or two away from clicking into a shutdown defense, or is this going to be an offensive squad all season long that will have to look for just Hilltop's offense carrying them through everything? No, um, I thought their defensive line, they put pressure on um, El Cap, on uh, Wickhauser um, um, for a lot of the night. And, you know, um, Came up, like I said, came up big when when they needed to, and they made the they made the crucial stops. And because um, El Cap's no slouch, I mean they have Donnie Green at, um, at, at tailback, and you know Wick Hauser, who's a four year varsity starter. Um, I mean, you know they put, like I said, they put pressure on on them pretty much the entire night, and came up big. I, I honestly think uh, if if they can not commit stupid penalties, I think they're a team to, you know, to look out for, especially in Division Three, which is gonna, which is very competitive. From week one, you know, they're lethargic. El Cap goes out there and kind of struggles against uh, Modern Day Catholic. Week two, they obviously make some corrections. Do you see any reason to panic for an 0-2 team right now in LCAP, or, or do you see the building blocks of success later in the season? I don't really see anything to, to panic because Coach Berner, you know, he's been around the game for quite a long time. He's got a veteran staff that, that is really good at what they do. Um, the kids, you know, they buy into, they buy into the program and what, you know, the, the philosophical beliefs of, of the Vaqueros program and everything. I, I think, you know, like I said, if they can cut, you know, if they can cut down on the penalties, they'll be fine. They're going to put up points. And they're de- defensively, you know, they're young, um, just like a lot of teams are um, in San Diego. I think they'll be fine. I, I really do. Okay, so let's expand and, and look at the rest of the county. Um anything specifically catch your eye? Because I'm looking at a couple of different scores here where I'm going, okay, uh, Valhalla, (laughs) real deal. Keegan Baker, whoa. This guy is leading a squad that's changing some things. I'm looking at um, a a, a Mount Miguel blowout where I'm kind of like, okay. like There was a couple of different scores, that, and I can keep obviously bouncing them at you, but did anything catch your eye countywide? Well, uh, to be honest with you, I actually thought the Santana Sarah game was going to be a lot closer than than a seventeen point Santana victory. Actually, I honestly thought Sarah would bounce back, be a little more, you know, angry after getting shut out by Script France in Week One, that they would come out and defend their home turf against the Sultans, especially in a crucial game for Division Four playoff seedings. If it came down to that. Okay, so you've got the now one and one, uh, no, two and zero oh Santana Sultans, uh, mm-hmm. with with a, with a pretty big win. And you're right with Timmy Zabrowski and everything that was going on with Sarah last year. 
a lot of people had them pegged to be an absolute force to be reckoned with this year. So kind of interesting. Let me bounce a couple more scores off of you and, and let's play a little game of just uh, word association, okay? You give sure. me your, your immediate reaction to it. When I tell you Steel Canyon 1914 over Madison. Surprising. Really? In what way? Just because um, I know Longerbone was concerned with uh, about Keontae, I think it was the Springs kid, the running back, because he's so he's really good. Um, I right. mean, okay, you uh, know, you know I, they, that 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 that's fair. And I when when you label a a a in a, a Madison running back that is the threat, sometimes that's all you need to go. Next one, Grossmont putting up fifty nine points. That's typical. I'm not 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 surprised. Let's see. We're scrolling through scores that have not been entered yet. Scrolling through scores that have not been entered yet. Uh, we talked about Valhalla. That one is uh, exciting in all sorts of ways, shapes, and forms. Uh, okay. Uh, when I tell you Monta Vista bounce back win, it's a great win. Um, you know, Hamamoto confidence, man, confidence. Especially, you know, against Chula Vista, down, down, and down in the South Bay, where it's always tough to play. Um, that's a great win. Do you have anything eyed tonight in terms of results that you have as an upset? You don't necessarily have to have an answer to this. Uh, not every week has a, oh my goodness, what an upset of the week. Well, I know definitely a lot of us. Well, I mean, I, 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 I picked the Hall of the Beat West Hills. There we go. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I honestly, I, you know, after they beat UC last week, I was like, you know what? I think they could beat West Hills. Um. I didn't, it's not an upset, and I know Crossmont won, but I didn't think they would beat modern day the way that, the way that they did. You know, I, I think that for me, the like you said, you don't know if it's an, an upset, because upset is always a weird context. You, you don't want to necessarily put a negative spin on a game, but the surprise maybe for me out of week two is El Cajon Valley 2-0. Oh, Absolutely. Not something that I thought we would be at in this point in the season, given them playing against a really tough Parker team and a revamped, you know, coming for it Hoover squad. Um, to that, that's the one that I looked at tonight. I was like, okay, something's happening out there. You know, Coach Osborne, you know, is uh, second or third year now over there, at, you know, at El Cajon. He, he's really he's done an, an amazing job um, with that program because it's tough to coach over there. As anybody knows, I mean, uh, you know, you want, you you get that one year every so often that lightning in a bottle year, like, you know, with like the old five team with Abraham Mohazi uh, and that, that uh, coach Texler had, uh, excuse me, had back in 05 where they made the run and lost Oceanside in the CIF championship game. And then, you know, they haven't 
done anything since, basically. Um, I think, you know, I'm not saying they're going to, you know, make a run like that in the next couple of years, but he's got the building blocks there. He's got the kids, he's got the numbers coming out, the kids buying into the program, you know, to stay eligible. I think the thing that will hurt them is, is if they, you know, kids get banged up. And I think, you know, possibly grades, but I think he's got that under control. And with him being a teacher on campus, that really helps. Um, yeah, I, um, I, yeah, to see that they win, win that game and go 2-0 and for the first time in however many years it's been now. Well, yeah, and, and, uh, and I wasn't trying to say that, oh, 2-0 and means 2-0 uh, and on your way to a an open division championship three days from now. I, I, I'm not trying to right, necessarily right, make right. that correlation. I'm just trying to celebrate the fact that certain programs, you see what you think is the writing on the wall, and you're like, oh, man, the the just who is going to that school right now, the direction it's heading in, the coaching changes. You're like, it, oh, you just, they're going to struggle. But to see, like you said, the culture is changing. Things are 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 getting kind of ship shaped, made to look real nice out there. So El Cajon Valley goes two and zero. He's Adam Paul. He is at EC underscore Preps SD. Um, thank you very much, as always, Adam, for joining us. Uh, go follow everything that they do out in the East County. The best source in the East County for all of the sports. They're not just football. Adam and his squad doing all sorts of great things. Don DeMars with the photography. Like, look, great squad out there. Go check him and everything his team is doing out. Adam, thank you very much for joining us. Okay, for our next reaction analysis, I don't know what the proper verb is other than just excitedness about football we go over to somebody who I am beyond happy to have a, as a part of this. It's the San Diego Football Network. Um, how are you doing? How was week two? Uh, have you have you uh, gotten more excited? Like, can you can you keep getting more excited about football, or, or is it just a constant excitement level? Man, I don't know if I can get any more excited. This might be the cap right here. <laughs> um, tonight was insane. Okay, so you were out. Uh, not just the game. You were out at East Lake Saints for just the game, but you were saying it was not just the game you were at. Oh, no, that was the only game I was at. I was just talking about some of the other things that was going on, you know, on Twitter and some shows. Yeah, I was saying your excitement level wasn't for just the game you were at. Um, for anything that you want to oh, know yeah, from yeah, the San Diego, Yeah, for anything you guys want to know from the San Diego Football Network, at SD Football on Twitter, on Instagram, all sorts of Really underappreciatedly amazing content, uh, rankings, opinions, results, clips. So let's start with Saints. They, I, I mean, like a surgeon, just go to work slicing and dicing East Lake. The final score, 47-0 as Saints goes to 2-0. and Give the people, the short or the long version, whichever one you want to give them, of what you saw tonight. Uh, yeah, it was all Saints like everybody expected. Um, they looked like the number three team in the uh, – well, the number two team in the county. Um, first of all, let me give a shout-out to Jaleel Tucker. Um, he injured his shoulder in the first half pretty bad. They had to uh, send him out, so um, prayers up for him. Um, 
St. Augustine's defense dominated, as you can tell by the goose egg. Um, I believe uh, Carmonero, no relations to Richie. We'll get to him later. Um, I believe he got sacked like five times. I didn't really keep count, but um, that defensive line was very dominating. Um, on offense, uh, Byron Cardwell had three touchdown runs. Uh, Peraza, the quarterback, had a touchdown pass and a touchdown run. It was 21 to nothing at the half. Uh, 20 points in the third quarter. I mean, yes, it was all St. Augustine. Well, and it's kind of, I, I mean, at this point, it's kind of terrifying that it's uh, seven points allowed through two weeks. They are scoring with all sorts of efficiency, both through the air and on the ground. Saints is the real deal. Am I correct? Uh, yes, sir. Especially that defense, man. Um, I don't see many teams having much success against that defensive line. Really? So you you look at a team that scores 47 points and you go, no, 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 no. This is a defensive team. I mean... I mean, the offense went off, too. You got to give credit to the offense. I mean, they got two starting quarterbacks. I mean, Richie Carmonero, as we know, he transferred from Eastlake to St. Augustine. Last year, he uh, led Eastlake to the Division One playoffs. And uh, he got some playing time in, too. He scored a 47-yard touchdown pass to uh, Tyson McWilliams. So, um, you know, everybody got a piece. Look, I'm just giving you a hard time. I'm just giving you a hard time. This is the beauty of football is that you find out real quickly which lens people kind of view it through. That the hard nose, I love the defense, I love the toughness, or I love the highlights, I love the offense. So you saw Eastlake Saints. Let's look a little bit wider throughout the rest of the county. Um, you know, we had some history set with LL on Noah. We had a couple other huge games. What do you want to get to first? Um, first of all, let me congratulate um, Elian Noah. Um, they had a tough loss, but um, Elian Noah broke Reggie Bush's record. Actually, it was funny. I think he broke it twice. Um, he broke the record, and then he got um, he got tackled for a loss, and then he went on to break the record again later. So he actually broke Reggie Bush's record twice, if you want to call it that. So um, he's over 5,000 yards. Congratulations to Elian, four-year starter. I mean, the kid's amazing. What, can, what else can I say that hasn't been said? Uh, it really just congratulations is what you got to say at that point. It, it's something that we're all along for the ride. You have you have something like that, and you sort of step back and you go, "Whoa, that's history. That's really cool." Like you like you mentioned earlier, a four year varsity starter, and when he came in, he was the little brother to Zeke, and we were just like, "Oh yeah, he's also good, but he'll have his time." Like, and then you look back and you're like, wait, 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 wait. That at one point was considered the little brother in the relationship, and, and, and that was the context of him. And now he's better, more prolific than Reggie Bush. I don't want to necessarily say better. It's hard to compare football players. But, yes, congratulations to the Scotty for making some history. Like you mentioned, the night gets a little soured with a loss. But to me, an overtime loss versus a team like that, not anything to panic about for Helix or the Scotty fan base. Absolutely. Um, Helix loves to um, schedule up, schedule the best, not only in the county, but from all over. And that's one of the uh, top teams in Arizona. Wait, no, in Utah? That's where that team was from? They're foreign invaders. Wherever, regardless of where they're from, yes, they're, 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 uh, no, they're, right. they're coming they're from not, somewhere. They're not relevant. They're not yeah. in the San Diego section, so yeah. who cares? Get the heck out of here. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but, yeah, tough loss, but congratulations to Elion. That kid is going to be special. I can't wait to see some more from him. Okay, so 
Helix, Eastlake, Saints. What's another game that caught your eye in terms of the results in week two of the San Diego CIF section? Uh, absolutely, man. That Lincoln and El Camino game. I mean, I would give my right hand to see that in its entirety. That looked crazy. I mean, Lincoln was up, I believe, like 14-2. to two. El Camino came storing back. And then um, Karan Brown done with the clutch fumble return for a touchdown. Putting Lincoln on top. They start off 2-0. and I mean, wow. That, that, was, that was a crazy game. All right, I want to do a little bit of – could we do some word association with you? I'm, I'm going to throw a couple of games at you and just give me your the first thing or first couple of words that come to mind for you. Morris, right. Morris putting up 68 points. I mean, defending champions. What, what, what more would you expect? I mean, Tracy McNair is doing a great job with that program. They're looking like they did in the 90s. So um, I, I, I love to see it. Okay, okay, looking like they did in the 90s. I'm sorry, that, I that's that one word, right? I'm, I'm no, 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 no. It, 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 it's your general reaction. Um, okay, gotcha. So, so I, I, you know, I like that. Looking like the 90s, man. Uh, Steel Canyon 2-0. Wow, uh, that was another uh, crazy game. I'll put that up there with Lincoln El Camino. Um, I expected uh, Steel Canyon to win. Madison fought hard. You got to give uh, them their props. But uh, Steel Canyon, uh, watch out, he leaked some. <laughs> You might have another tough game there later on in the season. Ooh, I like that. Calling back last year's results. Looking forward to a little something else this year. Uh, let's see. I'm scrolling through results. I feel like I, I'm, I'm trying to catch you with one where you're going, oh, okay. Um, let's go with... Uh, what's a good game to go with? I mean, we still got Cathedral Catholic yet to happen by the time we're doing this interview. Um, let's go with uh, Poway putting up 50 on Olympian as they move to 1-1 one and one on the season. Uh, expect it. So you think that the, the Poway, ship is riding, um, this Poway team is really quality this year? I think they're slowly but surely uh, coming back to the fold. I mean, I remember it wasn't too long. Earlier in the decade, I mean, they were constantly going to the uh, CIS uh, championship uh, with Damian Gonzalez. But um, I believe he's at uh, SDSU now. So um, they, they got a new guy there, and he's uh, slowly but surely bringing them back. So um, I can't wait to see the growth of that program. All right, so anybody catch your eye as the – upset of the night something that surprised you hit us with, with with anything else you got left reaction to week two in the cif san diego section uh my upset of the night is probably escondido over um orange glenn by uh, the way escondido played last week losing to hilltop i didn't expect them to beat uh orange glenn defending section champions but um yeah they they got the win at home over their rivals so congratulations to escondido Absolutely a huge win as Escondido goes 49-29 over, like you mentioned, the defending champion, um, uh, uh, Orange Glen Patriots. That's an impressive one. Anything else uh, you, you want to get to in week two? I, I know that the, the dust is literally just settling as we're speaking right now, and we still got Cathedral Catholic yet to go at the time we're recording this. Um, but but any any final notes? Um, yeah, I want to give a shout out to whoever controls the lights at Eastlake for messing up my interview. Uh, thank you. 
<laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, it's, it's all good. Yes. Yes. That's <laughs> you know, that amazing. Was funny. I was doing an interview with um, Angelo Peraza, and um, right in the middle, it lights off. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> all right. Time to go home. Do you have that so, interview uh, no, posted? That's my fault, though. That's, that's, that's on me. I got to invest in a camera light, you know, so I can do interviews in the dark in case you, that happens. So that's, ha- that's not on these. Do you have that interview <laughs> posted yet? Not yet, but I will have it later. All right, I'm well, start working sure, on it sure, after we're done here. And make sure you tag us in that. Uh, San Diego Football Network, SD Football on Twitter, San Diego Football Network on Instagram. All sorts of great content coming out every single week. Go there to check out. I mean, some great clips. Uh, I mean, if you guys want to know why we are so high on Saints this year, he's got uh, all sorts of great stuff, plus a little bit of comedy now. He's thrown in a, it's a variety show. He's got he's got something fun, something informative, and, and, and something serious for you. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, go take a deep breath. Edit your interview. Uh, take a few days to rest and recover from week two. I know I sure need it, and uh, we'll talk to you come week three. Thank you, man. It's a blessing and an honor. And um, I I love talking to you, man. It's been fun. All right, now we bring in Ruben Pena from SDFNL Magazine. You've seen him around town um, basically just doing everything football-related, doing the the kickoff classic, the amazing photography, the live videos, the up... Look, Ruben is one of those guys that, you know, real G's move in silence, but we finally got him to come on and speak a little bit. <laughs> so, Ruben, give me, uh, you know, thank you for being on the show and, and give me a little bit of, of, of the excitement about what you saw because you were at Grossmont Modern Day Catholic yesterday. That, yeah, that's right. Thanks, Chris, for having me on, man. I, I appreciate you guys and what you guys do also for San Diego football. And uh, you guys are great. You do a lot and, you know, Thanks for having me on. Uh, growth spot. Wow. Really good. Really explosive. The offensive side of the game is one of the top. I know it's only week two, but uh, Coach Cardo has them moving that ball down that field. And uh, I can't say enough about Jamie Odom, man. That guy, he's really, really good. He's on point. He's hitting Shaker. He's hitting, he's hitting Tucker. He's hitting all these all these receivers that they have and uh it, it, there was just a good performance put on by the Hillers last night well I'm watching one of your clips right now and I know that this is a horrible way to set up uh, on an audio medium so I'll plug go to SDFNL yeah. magazine on social media to check this out but Jamie Odom just like in stride 35 yard just like dime piece into the end zone for a touchdown so it looks like like you mentioned Jamie Odom, something fun to watch, but it, it really looks like t- the timing is already there. The routes are already there. Like This is a mid-season form team only in week two as they they have scored a ton of points already. So what is the – I mean, is there a ceiling on this gross – are we talking open division for this gross – like, I know this is really early in the year, oh. but but give me your reaction to just how good you think they could potentially okay. be. Okay, so I'm not going to jump to open division, not yet at least. Let's, let's get them past – Helix, all right, in week five, I think it is. And, of course, Mahala. But uh, I saw Jamie Odom last year, and I wasn't sold on him. And everyone's like, yeah, you got to go see this kid. He's good. And he was kind of raw. He was young. But after watching him last night, he's really grown up. He's a little smarter on the field. He's stronger. 
and his he, he's just he's a top performer. I mean, that's all I can say, man. Putting up numbers like that, it's like, wow. He just, I mean, modern day is a good team. Don't get me wrong, but they just couldn't they couldn't hold on. Their defense was just too tired towards the end. Uh, I'll just I'll skip right into modern day really quick. Coach Joyner has a really good team. He's building something special. Uh, he has C.J. Riddell. He has another kid now over there, uh, Aiden Calvert. That's really good, by the way. And uh, I hopefully he gets more wins in the during the game. But back to the Hillers. Uh, I'll be. I'm I'm, tell, I'm, I'm thinking they're going to go four and zero just to start off the season. So you mentioned the league rivalry against uh, Helix that they've got. Let's talk a little bit wider just about the Grossmont League and some of the implications that from this win and some of the other wins we've seen already through the first two weeks. All right. So last year, everybody's thing was the Avocado League. You got to go see the Avocado League. I went to see the Avocado League. They were good. They were stacked. Uh, and I know, again, it's only week two, but I'm starting to see the same pattern with Grossmont League with Grossmont taking advantage of teams. Helix, I know they lost last night. By the way, Noah, congratulations. You deserve it. You're a good person. you got a good family. You've been had it since ninth grade, and you'll be rewarded. Um, Bahala, Baker, can't say enough. And, uh, yeah, those three teams are right now. They should be on your rankings. You should be looking out for those guys. Yeah, you know, I would also throw in that last night it was really interesting watching Santana end up beating yeah. Sarah as dramatically as they they do. You're, you're at, you know, it's really interesting to hear somebody make that first leap just league-wide and not just talk specific team about, oh, you know, this guy or this squad or that squad is the, the real cream of the crop, but just say that, you know, the center of high school football seems to be shifting out to the East County. Uh, you know, if you look some of the lower levels, you, you know, you see that El Cajon Valley is 2-0. and You see that, uh, <laughs> great. you know, great. Some, some of these other programs, you know, Granite Hills is, is 2-0. and Like, you start to go, wow, okay, um, that that's actually really impressive. Um, can I do a little just yeah. word association with you? Maybe first, like, reaction. Uh, I'll, I'll throw a couple games at you. Just get your, your first thing that comes to mind. Let's do, um, okay. I tell you that, Morse opens up the season scoring almost almost 70 points. And I, I, I'm just going to tell you this. Morse is a sleeper team. They won it all last year against a really good central team, by the way. They were really good. But Morse, everybody tends to forget about them. You know, you have Kearney, you have Senegal High School, you have Lincoln. But Morse is really well coached. I mean, they are, every year they just come out bringing it down and, you know, snapping them around, and they end up there, you know? <clears throat> Let's see, you'd already mentioned Keegan Baker. Got to give another shout-out to him. Scrolling through games, trying to find – okay, yeah, well, the one that I think everybody's going to end up wanting to talk about, but I'll, I'll get your opinion on it anyway, is Saints 47 nothing in Week 2. Uh, I'm going to go to back to Eastlake. They did, and it's – Probably an excuse after an excuse. They did lose a lot of guys. But, man, Eastlake, you've got to be a little better than that. I know that it's in them. It's like San Marcos. You got, it's in them. They can win. They can win these games. They're just – they're young in the offensive part. I know their defense is on that field 
all all night. I saw them last week against Hill Canyon, and hopefully they get it together. I mean, they got a really tough schedule coming up. You know, I think they I think they have. Uh, maybe you can help me out with this, but I know they got four top ten teams in their schedule coming up. You know, and they already got two of them out the way. I'm jumping right now to their schedule. Uh, yeah. I, I know they had St. Augustine, of course, last night, and then they had Steel Canyon. Maybe Madison. Yeah, so they got Lincoln next. Uh, yeah, then, then San Jacinto from out of section, then Cathedral Catholic, then El Camino. Uh, yeah, it does not get much easier ever. Yeah, I think East Lake better regroup, or they're going to find themselves 0-6. Uh, and like I said, they're really a good squad. Got some good players on that side. They've got some good coaching. And hopefully they can upset one of those teams. But the way it seems right now, I mean, what was it? They had like a minus 21 yards on offense. That's, wow. Yeah, so, something wow. savage like that. Yeah. SD- uh, offensive, coaches get, offensive coaches get fired for stuff like that. Seriously. At SDFNL Magazine on Twitter, on Instagram. Ruben, any parting notes before we say goodbye? Look out for Still Canyon. I'm telling you right now, look out for Still Canyon. Look out for the Grossmont League. Look out for Granite. Look out for Grossmont. Look out for Helix, of course. And look out for Valhalla. Valhalla's back. Good to them. Deal. He has officially staked his claim. He's the first person to shift the center of high school football out east. You heard it here. Ruben is officially the hipster of San Diego high school football coverage. Thank you very much for joining us. One more time, at SDFNL Magazine on Twitter, on Instagram, for all the amazing work they are doing out there. Thank you very much, and we will uh, get your reaction after week three of the season. Thank you very much. Okay, so now we go to Calvin Pierce, one of the like one of the best video editors you're going to find here, cameraman, all around, good dude, Calvin underscore TSC on all the social media. Calvin, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. All right, so two weeks are in the book. Uh, with the caveat that we still got Cathedral Catholic yet to go by the time we're recording this, you will be at the Cathedral game. So uh, definitely go check out at Calvin TSC one more time for all of the coverage from Cathedral. But let's start with what you saw actually f- so far from week two. That was Lincoln 26, El Camino 24. Tell us about that game. Man, that game was, <laughs> I will start off with what a game. But uh, man, it was, in my opinion, it was a little- a little sloppy on Lincoln Park. Uh, I, I did like what I saw from uh, the running back from uh, uh, from El Camino. Where, number thirty-two. Yeah. From El Camino, uh, young man was looking good. Uh, I, I don't really see him as an every down back. They tried to use him as an every down back uh, based off of what they've probably seen off of the film, uh, and, and it was for the most part getting the job done. I know their best receiver, if I'm not mistaken, is number eight. Uh, from my understanding, he had one big catch, but they really couldn't force it or get it into him uh, throughout the game. But Lincoln, it, it seemed like uh, a lot of turnovers. And like when I mentioned early, sloppy. One of the things the coaches said to me, said, get them out the top ten, all of them. <laughs> you don't think, from their standpoint, they don't think they deserve it. Uh, uh, in most opinion, uh, if you talk to me or other people that was at the game last night, Lincoln probably should have lost or could have lost, but, hey, Sometimes you got those nail biters and just take a win any way you can win it. And they, they did that with that walk-off. Uh, somehow the exchange or the quarterback dropped the ball, 
from El Camino, and you had an awesome uh, one of our Lincoln's awesome defenders picked it up, scooped, and scored. Well, let's let's talk about the, that defense because it seems like in the last couple of years, Scott Catlin, the D coordinator there, has had to have come up with creative way after creative way after creative way to win a game. Yesterday, we see a couple big turnovers, a couple big interceptions. It seems like, from from what I see, the defense is good enough this year to give the offense plenty of time to figure it all out. Do you do you see that, or do you see something on the horizon I, I, where maybe I, next week there's going to be a, a struggle and Lincoln has a deadline of, like, they got to figure it out soon? I do see that, but I, I do see that Lincoln's offense either got to start putting up a lot more points on the board or they got to, um, what, what do you say, uh, have longer drives, <laughs> like some of those long Phillip River drives. you got to keep the opponent off the field because uh, it's going to be those games again, like the Cathedrals and Saints. You don't want you don't want to see the defense on the field as many plays as they were last night. Um, they were just on the field way too much, uh, if you ask me. So uh, we got to get them off the field and – it, it, it was some big plays that the defense made, and then they turned around and made some big errors. Uh, I believe it was two interceptions or two major turnovers that Lincoln, uh, I think the defense forced, uh, outside linebacker forced the uh, interception and then dropped it. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, fumbled it, rather. He fumbled it, and then that's turnover, turnover on down. He gives the El Camino first, uh, gives up, giving them the ball first down all over again. And then uh, it, it should have been, three defensive touchdowns. If everything was clicking like it should, it would have been three, three different touchdowns. But it ended up just ending up with the uh, one, the walk-off, and I guess that was the biggest one, and it counted when it needed to. <laughs> Seriously, if you're going to have one, why not have the one that you need at the moment you need it? Um, I'm sure that all the coaches, uh, like you said, are uh, a little stressed and, and would like uh, a, a little bit larger margin of victory. Um, so you got Cathedral Catholic coming up today. Still, you're going to be there also covering some Jay Sarah, producing a lot of the great video work. Calvin yeah. underscore TSC for all that. But Calvin, was there anything else last night in any of the other games countywide uh, that, that you want to get your reaction and, and put in your, your input on? Man, uh, Eastlake, I, I really didn't see Eastlake coming out the gate 0-2, but that's where they are right now. And they, their next opponent is Lincoln. So, you know, I'll be at that one. So, uh I would say almost maybe the coaches are some opinions. This should be a must win for uh, Eastlake. I don't know when the last time you saw uh, Eastlake go out the whole 0-3. And, and I know the coaches surely uh, don't want that to happen. So, and this is Lincoln's first game. They'll be having this, uh, hosting this season. So it's going to be quite interesting. They lose a lot uh, a lot of the, uh, some of the sloppiness and the turnovers uh, from, uh, from their quarterbacks. I don't think they're running back fumble yesterday from Lincoln. You lose some of that, uh, Lincoln could end up being 3-0 and and Eastlake again 0-3. So it's going to be quite interesting. I think it's going to be uh, a pretty good game. I'm not going to give no predictions, but it's just going to be a pretty good one. Yeah, well, that wouldn't even be the point of the show. This is the recap show, not the prediction show. So uh, you're, <laughs> you're completely off the hook there for all and of what that. And what happened? Hold on. What happened with that Madison? Did, did you see that Steel Canyon? Did you see that Steel Canyon one coming? Steel Canyon is strong. I like my – uh, Wesley, the running back, and I know they got some other threats on that on the, on the whiteout. But uh, I don't know if I saw that Madison one coming, that dropping that one last night. I I saw it coming from a mile away because this is a Steel Canyon squad that, and, and I know these are not the same kids from year to year, but 
They were state champions in 2017. Last year, they beat Helix late in the season. Like, Steel Canyon is a team that I think, yeah, okay, they don't ever have that one marquee, oh, he's going Pac-12 or SEC or something like that. But they got dudes. They got country strong dudes at every position, and they're defensively minded. So, you know, you saw six points in week one from from Eastlake, and then last night was, what, 14 from Madison? It's, mm-hmm. uh, okay, you know, are they going to be able to score a ton? Maybe not. But they might be a team that goes the whole season winning or losing 14 to 21-point games. They're good. Right. They're real good. I, I, Again, this is not the prediction show, so I won't go out and say Steel Canyon is going to be CIF or state champs or anything like that, but Steel Canyon is going to put a lot of stress on certain people's seasons. And what was that? We saw uh, Saints lost one of their studs last night. Our prayers are up for that young gentleman. Um, not sure what happened. Uh, I think he was hit somewhere in the upper body, but I know the coach tweeted it out. Um yeah, Jaleel Tucker uh, took a, yeah. a monster hit, so we send our prayers out. Um, no neck fractures, according to what was posted on Twitter. Personally, I, I you know I I hate getting into injuries. I think especially at the high school level, it's something that you, you want to respect everyone's privacy. But at the same time, you want to right. send your prayers and all that. So definitely, uh, Jaleel Tucker, we're, we're sending our support and love for you and we hope that you get better quickly um, we're, we're all looking for updates whenever you want to send them out both saints football and uh, and jaleel calvin yes, underscore tsc on the social media he's going to be at the honorable all day producing some great content so be on the lookout for that anything else before we say goodbye that's it you won't see no lincoln uh really no more heavy lincoln content the coach uh said we got to do that not necessarily get away from that but we, we're getting back to the they're going to get back to the basics this week and uh hit the ground and running next week. So, uh, like you said, you'll see me uh, producing some content from the Honor Bowl. Uh, I, I am uh, partnering up to with uh, Under the Radar. So, some of my work as well will be on Under the Radar uh, on their YouTube and their Instagram. So, be on the lookout for that. Wonderful. Go check that out. Calvin, thank you very much for joining us, and we'll talk to you uh, for more reaction in week three. And maybe we'll get you on the prediction podcast at some point this season so you can uh, – show off both sides of your skills and your hot takery. Thank you very much. Calvin TSC one more time on the social media. We'll talk to you guys soon. All right, so we go now to WBK Sports. His name is Eric Williams. He is, I'm going to just say it, he's the best in terms of uh, timing and luck and framing of high school sideline videos ever based solely off of his video last year of the uh, the um, Jaleel Dye interception for uh, Cathedral Catholic, but like he's covering all sorts of great games. Eric, happy football season. Thank you for joining us. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing great, man. Happy uh, Saturday morning. Uh, sometimes it feels like these uh, Friday nights carry uh, all the way into Saturday morning. I, I feel like I didn't sleep. Um, you know, I'm so excited after, uh, you know, last night's game. You know, it was, it was an amazing game, you know, energy there. And uh, so I'm fired up. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Yeah. And well, and, and technically, you know what? Today does carry over because we have the honorable still. So yeah, there, there is still technically high school football for all, us all to, to be excited about. But you were at LCC Vista last night. LCC comes out with the 
23 win. Give the folks a little bit of insight on what you saw. Well, this, man, this was a tale of two sidelines and uh, practically two different games. Um, Vista dominated the game, uh, you know, in the beginning, the whole time. They had the more energy on there. They looked great. And, um, you know, they had the lead 17-7 with about eight minutes, 30 seconds left to go in the game. And um, La Costa came back, pulled off the the miracle comeback, and, um, you know, left Vista heartbroken. And uh, La Costa on the other end was just – ecstatic uh to say the least um but uh it's really tough sometimes watching these kids play you know you you see how hard they work throughout the week and um on one side you know they're the reward was given for the 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 hard work they did on the other side that you know they're just devastated and heartbroken because all that work and all that passion they put in they look up at the scoreboard and um you know they they lose by one point and uh it was a tough game for vista um, but a lot of credit to uh, La Costa, their coaching staff over there, Coach Sokovolan's coaching staff. Um, they did a great job of keeping their kids' heads in the game and not giving up. They could have easily just given up on that game because Vista had dominated for a while, and um, but they didn't. Um, great game, 24-23 to end the game. It took a, 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 a touchdown at the end of the game by La Costa. Um, Marshall Euchre threw a beautiful pass, hit um, – uh, uh, what's his name, Trevor Gonzalez over there in the corner of the end zone. He pulls it in. They tie it with about 30 seconds left to go to the game and, and send it to overtime. Um, you know, it was really tough over there on the Vista sideline. They, they had to get themselves back together for overtime. Um, the momentum was on the Costa side. They came right out. Aiden Lippert scored on two plays. Boom, right at the end zone. Took 24-17 lead. And uh, Vista came back and, and matched it. They got the energy back, but unfortunately, uh, a missed extra point uh, caused the caused that game to swing over to La Costa. Um, and, but just overall, it was a fabulous game. So, you know, this is the, the, the story of LCC's riding the ship after week one. Vista, after week one, you know, they take a tough loss in week two. Seems like though, when you're talking about a one point game, that this is as close to positive improvement on both weeks for both teams. Like, do you do you see this as, as it, like this isn't a reason for Vista to panic, right? No, it, they looked incredible. Their defense looked fantastic, and for a team that ran the ball about six million times last season, you're going to be excited to see some of you fans out there. Vista has a passing attack. Um, Travis Bennett looked pretty decent. Um, but Brent Lawson, the wide receiver over there, looked fantastic. Um, that's something that's going to be in, into their game plan. Coach Bottom has done a, a really good job. And um, I saw him last year as I was headed to the baseball field one day for coaching. And I, and, and I saw them passing the ball. And I looked at him and I said, what are you doing, coach? And I was joking around with him. And he, he's like, what, what? You know, it's okay to practice right now. I go, no, you're, you're passing the ball. And, and he laughed at me and goes, hey, man, we got some athletes on this team now. So look for us to pass the ball. And I didn't really believe them until last night. You know, I, in my opinion, they passed the ball more in last night's game than they did all the entire 2018 season. Um, so that's going to be something to look forward to on defense though. Um, you know, the black shirt defense is what they call Vista over the years. They looked great. Um, there's a new kid, uh, I believe. Um, I'm not sure I didn't see him play as much last year. 
but Justice Reed had three outstanding plays. Um, he separated a kid. If you check my, my thread from last night's highlights, he separated a kid from the ball. Real nice hit. Uh, he had a, an interception uh, late in the game. And he also had a, a, a defended a pass that would have been the tying touchdown on the drive before LCC's tying touchdown. Um, I think Gonzalez had a, another shot in the corner, and he would have, he got his two feet down, made the catch. Um, but Justice, you know, knocked it out of his hands at the last second. So that's a kid to look for. Eric Madrano played incredible. That's a kid that's a, a DB safety uh, out to look for as well on the defensive side. Uh, of course, you got Zach Shipper, who's a who's, who's going to someday be an All League, maybe All CF linebacker. Uh, so look for that defense to be phenomenal um, as the season goes by. They don't pan; they're not going to panic at all. Uh, uh, that offense is passing the ball along with that three-headed monster at the run game with with Desmond and and and, and well, Dave Flores. Well, I, I, I got to stop you real quick, and I, I I'm glad you finally bring up Des because look, you're talking about passing, and somehow you managed to this is a journalism term bury the lead. Des Tua throws a touchdown pass last night. How is that not the first thing we end up talking about in this game? <laughs> you know, I love that kid, and I love his dad. He's a coach over there, and you will not meet a more polite uh, kid and a more loving, humble kid on the planet than Desmond Tawa. Um, and his father's a great guy, and uh, he can do anything. When I first interviewed him two or three years ago, um, he's a kid that grew up in, in American Samoa, and, and he played rugby, barefoot rugby. Um, this this is that kid that when you're playing street ball out somewhere, he's your first pick because he he could play quarterback, running back, uh, wide receiver, and on defense he could play too. But that was a great play, and and that's what I'm saying, Coach Bottoms. You know, I, I, it was predictable towards the end of last year they're going to run the ball. You know, and he's incorporating that pass in there. And when you dish it off to a halfback like that, and he throws a touchdown, it's going to put the defense on on your toes. Um, but Desmond's a great kid and a great athlete, and you should see more out of him. And I hope he gets his uh, some more D1 scholarships here because the kid is just a humble kid who really loves his teammates. You would not believe it. I've seen it on the field several times. He doesn't care about the limelight. He just cares about getting wins for his team. And I think that's leading to the the, the culture change at Vista, to be honest with you. Um, they They are a more cohesive team together. Yeah, the, the energy on the sideline, uh, as, as something I haven't seen in the last four or five years at Vista, I walked up to Coach Bottom and I, I shook his hand and said, congratulations, you know, because he dealt with a lot of criticism coming into Vista four years ago with that idea of a wing T offense. And um, he had some eighth graders coming up from three years ago that went to a national championship. And, um, you know, they, they can pass the ball and they can do other things offensively. But he stuck to his guns and um, – you know, he worked the running game in and he's listened to some of the criticisms and he's got the passing game involved and they looked great. I mean, they, they really are a force to be reckoned with and the culture has changed at Vista and they're going to be fine. Like you said, there's nothing to panic there. Um, their upcoming schedule, I believe, is at Rancho Buena Vista. They got Morse on the road, Mount Carmel on the road, and then they got a big boy game uh, versus Poway at home on October 4th and some of the kids you know, that I saw at the end of the game, I told them, I go, you want to, you want to take away the sting of this LCC loss, go grab those wins in the next three weeks and bring yourself back home and, and, and shoot for that big game against Poway. 
um, and you could try, you could take away that sting, you know. So they're they're fine. I love what Coach Bottom has done. He's got a new defensive coordinator over there. I believe they call him Coach Kit. He's a Marine. Um, you know, he was definitely upset at the end of last night's game, and he put it on himself. You know, you know, for there he he definitely didn't put it on the kids, and so uh, look for that that defensive squad to improve as we get through the next week. And I was very impressed. They really impressed me last night on both offense and defensive side of the ball. Any other scores, results, anything else uh, countywide that you want to share your input, uh, reaction to? Well, first I want to give some credit to LCC too. I don't want to let them go. Joe Bowman kicked a 31-yard field goal with about seven minutes left in that game to make it 17-10. to If he doesn't kick that field goal, I bet Vista just runs the clock out and they have no chance. Um, That gave LCC hope, and the coaching staff preserved all three of their timeouts, so they were able to use them on defense when Vista was trying to run the clock out. But on the last drive, they had no timeouts there. Um, You know, they had about a minute and 30 from their own own, uh, 27. So I just want to give, you know, a shout-out to those guys, great coaching staff over there. And, um, you know, they kept them involved in the whole game. But, yeah, that El Camino uh, Lincoln game, wow. You know, I had a couple buddies over there, and they're texting me constantly. And that seems like it was very similar to this game where you got one team who had the win in the bag, and they're about to finish it, and then just got ripped away from them heartbreakingly. So uh, that was interesting to me to see because I thought Lincoln was going to – I thought Lincoln was going to beat them by a couple of touchdowns. And so shout-out to El Camino. Um, for proving me wrong in that area. Um, that's a big, 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 big uh, game over there, but I don't think that should affect El Camino. I think they'll be back. Uh, shout out to um, Fato Noah over there, breaking the all-time records um, for Helix football. Um, I know that they took the loss over there, but uh, they'll be back. You know, that's the Helix team. Um, but that's a, that's a great, great tribute to that whole family. The Noah family is wonderful i was able to interview zeke and talk to his father a couple years back and just great family great kids over there so shout out to him um for breaking that record and um you know let's just move shout out to sam marcos who had a great comeback they smashed mira mesa and i know that's uh coach uh stank's first victory over there so great job to you coach stank you know you brought the squad back and you got a good blowout at home um, they have a ton of talent over there, so that was kind of important how they're going to adjust to the new coach. And big shout out to Mission Hills and getting a getting a win out there. I know Sky Donnell had a touchdown. Uh, Joe Smith, I believe, had a touchdown. Quinton had not big INT to seal the game up over there. Great job, Mission Hills. Shout out to Oceanside who got a big win um, over Westview. Uh, that was a good win for them coming back. Uh, coach Rodriguez is a great guy, good coach, and wishing the best for him out there. And, um, you know, just shout out to everybody who played their guts out last night all throughout the county, not just the North County, but the South County and beyond. Um, it's amazing what you guys are doing and your coaching staffs, what you're doing out there. You're working hard, putting your soul into there. And, you know, when, when you stick around after a game and you see the blood, sweat, and tears, it's an amazing thing to see. You see kids from other sides, other teams shaking hands with each other and taking pictures with each other. And it's just an amazing thing. I love covering high school football and, uh, I love what I do, and I love what you guys do, and it, it's amazing out there. So I can't wait for the next few weeks to uh, get on with you and dig in a little bit as we go 
get these rankings in these as we head towards the midway of the season and um, and talk about it more, Christian. I appreciate you. Deal at WBK Sports on Twitter and Instagram. Please, I'm, I've been watching it more or less on repeat the, the entire time of this interview. Go watch this Des Toe th- touchdown throw. Go watch all the clips that he posts because he gives you that perfect on the field feeling for the games. Eric, thank you very much for joining us. We will talk to you next week and uh, and beyond all season long. All right, we go now to the the silkiest, smoothest, velvety voice in San Diego high school sports, Braden Soprenit from 97.3. Braden, how are you doing? What's going on, Kristen? Thanks for the uh, very nice introduction. I appreciate it. Dude, thanks for blessing us with, with, the, with the voice. Uh, we had you, we, <laughs> we, uh, a Cathedral Catholic student sent us an edit of, of, the, of the championship last year and hearing... The five, ten, touchdown! Oh, like you! Oh my goodness! You, I can't even do an impression of you because you just you had that voice going, and I was just like chills, man! Like, like oh, it's Thursday, and I need a game to happen, and I need Sean Poma back, and oh man! So, uh, Braden's doing a lot of great stuff, calling games with Coach Cantera. Last night, you got the chance to see Grossmont uh, show off their high-powered, high-octane speedboat offense. Um, let, let's start there. What did you see from that game? Um, I saw a quarterback in Jamie Odom that, um, you know, it's his third year as a quarterback in this offense, um, really understand how to run, um, you know, a high-tempo, up-tempo offense. Um, and, and back to my college days of doing video for TCU football, a team that, that runs an offense similar to what, you know, Grossmont does and how Coach Tom Carlo, you know, wants to emulate, you know, some of the college-level offenses. I've seen a lot of high schools try to do it, but not fully understand how to run an offense like that. But Grossmont, um, they're dialed in, and they know how to they know how to run that offense. Um, I know Coach Carlo was talking to the Union Tribune, um, you know, before the season about how much of a luxury it is to have a quarterback like Jamie Odom back there, who has now his third year, um, you know, playing in that offense. And with that offense, it's all about experience and reps. And you got a guy like him. Uh, doing it, you got a guy like Schicker, Brody Schicker, over on the outside as a receiver, uh, big targets and a big weapon for Grossmont. Then in the backfield, Robert Tucker Jr. Um, he put on a great display of running yesterday as well. Um, you know, his dad's the JV coach over at Grossmont, but um, all together offensively, uh, Grossmont's a team that's going to be able to score a lot of points and score points on a lot of people. Um, I thought their front dominated Modern Day's front last night, um, and you know, Modern Day, Modern Day is going to be—they're going to be a good football team. Um, they're already a really good football team. I thought um, they're just very young. They don't have as many numbers as Grossmont. You could tell they got a little tired uh, quicker than Grossmont did, especially with a lot of the young players adjusting to trying to stop, uh, you know, a high-tempo offense. Um, but overall, I thought it was, um, you know, the game kind of got out of hand um, uh, quickly, uh, more quickly than we would like, obviously. But um, I, I think Grossmont's going to be off to a good good year. And I think, honestly, I think Modern Day's going to bounce back, and they got a real chance of, of being a real contender in the Metro Mesa League. Yeah, Aiden Calvert for Modern Day is going to be a true workhorse this year. Is it too early to play the what's the ceiling game for Grossmont? I mean, open division, like, is that all completely just nonsensical hype right now? How good can this team be? How good can this team be? Honestly, I mean, I watch them play, and, you know, I don't want to set the ceiling too low, but I, I think to, to me it's probably a higher seed in Division One. Um, I don't think their uh, their line is big enough to handle – you know, the Helixes of the world, the, the St. Augustines, the Cathedral Catholics, you know, maybe whoever emerges out of the Avocado League. 
Um, but you know, who's to say? We could we could see you know maybe that high powered offense will you know give some teams some fits. And and I know Grossmont's trying to beat Helix for the first time since 1991 when Carlo was the uh, quarterback of that team. And my dad was actually the defensive coordinator uh, for Grossmont the last time that they've done that. I wasn't even alive yet the last time Grossmont beat Helix. So I, I was talking with Ruben Pena a little bit of uh, SDFNL, and he was talking about can this team be the first team at Grossmont to beat Helix in, you know, however long it's been. And I said, um, I mean, it's just so hard for me to find it because we've been looking for that team. And I thought, you know, maybe Anthony Lawrence's team had a pretty good shot of doing that as well. Um, for Grossmont, though, I mean, they, they got a really competitive uh, Grossmont Hills League. We saw Granite Hills last week on the 97-3 broadcast as they took on Poway. That was a really good football game. That's a really good football team. Um, and then you got Helix, of course, and you know losing to Harriman, I thought was surprising because they're they are better than Harriman is, and they let Harriman catch up late. Um, but they're still playing a top team in a state somewhere else, so it's not like um, you know somebody like El Cajon Valley came up and bit uh, Helix last night. But for me, Helix is still the top dog in that league. Um, they got to deal with Steel Canyon, who's good. They just beat Madison last night. They got to deal with Granite Hills. Uh, who's who's uh, on the up and up with Kellen Cobbs, and, and they've had a really good uh, last couple of years. Uh, Valhalla now all of a sudden's got some, you know, they're two and zero. They're not Keegan winning a game Baker, last though. year. Keegan Baker, yeah, I mean, I, I can get to him in a second, but you know, I, I said it on one of my podcasts that that guy's going to win Valhalla five games this year, almost guaranteed. Um, but but even El Cap, I mean, El Cap loses last night, but they got a big line. I mean, that Grossmont Hills League is going to be good. Um, to go back to your actual question, though. What is the ceiling for Grossmont? I think the ceiling for Grossmont is going to be a contender for a Division One title. I don't think they're quite there yet to be an open team. I mean, we'll see how it plays out. And I think they're probably, you know, one game away from winning the Grossmont Hills League. It's going to be tough, but they're definitely going to finish in the top three, if not the top two, in the Grossmont Hills League. All right, first off, I uh, want to address your, your little side swipe at El Cajon Valley uh, in the middle of all that. They're 2-0 and now. Um, they're, they're turning heads around. Uh, we'll go back a week, though, to, like you mentioned on the 97.3, the fan broadcast week one, you saw Granite Hills and Poway. Granite, obviously now 2-0, and but Poway, I want to talk about them. They bounce back with a 50-burger. From what you saw of them in person in week one, it, 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 is this the kind of team they are? Are they really this good? Was that week one just, you know, that that's football. It happens. And, and this is really, like, this is the true Poway. They're going to be an offensive juggernaut this season. Um, you know, 50 points is, is, is really tough to put up. I, I don't, I don't see them as a team that, you know, is going to be putting up 50 numbers, um, each and every week. Uh, they do have some stud athletes though. You know, they got Vance Jefferson. He's got an offense from Arizona state wide out. Uh, he caught a handful of touchdowns yesterday. Josh Butler, their running back, of course, uh, an all CIF playoff, uh, all CIF, um, you know, player a year ago. Uh, actually know that family really well. They're St. Michael's family. Uh, you know, off St. Michael's Crusaders, shout out to the uh, the greatest middle school in San Diego producing athletes, a little shameless plug uh, for the St. Michael's uh, middle school out there in Poway. But Josh Butler's a great athlete. Um, you know, they got a lot of good guys. They got a lot of good players. And, you know, week one, week one's tough, man. I mean, I, we saw it with special teams with Granite Hills and Poway with a couple of mistakes and just trying to get up to tune. And to open up with a team like Granite Hills, there's no, you know, walk in the park. I think for Poway, they're going to be a team. Are they going to put up a lot 50 points every week? No, probably not. Um, but they're they're definitely, I think, now the favorite, um, if they weren't already the favorite, to win their league. Um, I think they're in the Palomar League. I think them against Vista is going to be a good matchup. I think Vista with Desmond Taua uh, in his senior year 
Um, I mean, we saw them yesterday almost beat La Costa Canyon on the road in, um, you know, an overtime game. So that league's going to be an interesting league to to, to see it play out. I think Poway's probably got, uh, you know, probably the notch above in terms of um, the favorite to win that league. Uh, and then, you know, Olympian maybe coming down to earth a little bit after, uh, you know, week one. They did win week one. And then, um, you know, Coach Van Nostrand is, you know, the son of obviously and uh, taken over in his first year. And uh, I'm glad he got that first win out of the way because, you know, as a coach, it's always, you know, he's always trying to press to get that first win. Um, and we'll see how he, uh, how the team bounces back after week one. I know he's going to do some great things down there at Olympian, uh, especially with a lot of, the, uh, you know, the numbers they have and, and what have you. Um, but I, I think Poway, again, to go back to your, your conversation, no, they're not probably going to put up 50 points every every week, but I think they're going to be a team that's definitely going to be, uh, you know, hanging around probably right around that uh, top 10 bubble, if you will, just outside of it, uh, and definitely a player in the Palomar League. All right, I want to play a little word association with you before we get you out of here. I'm going to throw a couple games at you and just give me first thing that comes to mind when I tell you that, uh, let's see. Let's find a game that. I'm, what am I going for for the best reaction here? Um, San Marcos, thirty-eight, Mira Mesa seven. Surprise, not surprise. Surprise in terms of the score, not surprise in terms of the result. Look, San Marcos uh, getting a lot of flack for you know starting the season zero and one, um, kind of zero and two. When you talk about the uh, you know they played a game against the Lincoln that didn't count. Um, and that was their first showing with Derek Stank at the, you know, at the helm of head coach. And but the success that San Marcos has had over the last couple of years with Jason Texler over there running the team. And of course, you know, he, he now leaves and now you get a guy from the East coast uh, from New Hampshire. I was able to talk to him in an interview um, and we're actually doing their game next week. We're going to see San Marcos um, in Oceanside uh, for 97 through the fan. But uh, you know, for Derek Stank, it's going to be a work in progress for him and just trying to, you know, mold San Marcos into what his program is like. Um, and I know that that's going to be a case of, you know, this is how we do things, you know, and, and this is how we're going to do them. And it's tough always for seniors to try to buy in. And the sooner he can get the older guys to buy in, um, the easier it's going to be to turn that program uh, in the way he wants it to be. Not necessarily turn it around because it was already very successful before he took over, uh, but turn what he has to see. I'm more surprised with Mira Mesa now being 0-2 and, and um, you know, not being able to score a lot of points and, and, you know, a team that was in a CIF championship a year ago, you know, to, to kind of falter a little bit. They got some athletes. I know Coach Thompson's going to have his boys ready to play, but, you know, they had two tough games to start the year. I mean, Grossmont, we just saw him yesterday, you know, handle modern day. And, of course, they got Sam Marcos, who obviously is a lot better than uh, a lot of people uh, were thinking going into week two. Well, we'll talk about the other half of your upcoming 97-3, the fan matchup. And uh, for everybody that wants to go ahead and follow that 97-3, the fan SD on all the social media, B underscore SERP for Braden. Let's go with Oceanside. They beat Westview 26-6. to What's your reaction there? Set up the, maybe give us a little bit of this. You know, you gave us the one San Marco side. Give us the other side of your upcoming matchup this week. For Oceanside, to me, I was I was sitting there watching the highlights last night, and you know we've gotten to a point now where Oceanside, you know, beating uh, they're playing Westview all of a sudden, and and they they beat them by twenty points. Um, you know, it's it's just kind of the like they were up on, and are very high. You know, being the most dominant team in San Diego, they've kind of taken a little bit of down a downturn. I think they're starting to come back up a little bit, and it's going to take a couple of years to get back. 
to where they were. And that's really tough to get back to where you were with Coach John Carroll and the program that he built there. Um, you know, but after losing to San Clemente to open up the season, San Clemente now 2-0 and in the Avocado League, um, a very good team in the southern section. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's a tough game. It's hard to judge. They're, they're able to get a win against Westview. But, again, I think that's another tough, tough game to judge because you don't really know where, where Oceanside's at right now. They just beat a team that they definitely should have beat, and they, just, and they just lost to a team that they should have lost to. So you're trying to figure out exactly what Oceanside is. Um, to me, I, I think, you know, beating Westview, Westview is um, in, in trouble in terms of the grand scheme of things. And they knew that going in, they kind of changed their offense. They lose their quarterback to uh, Poway. A couple other kids transfer out. And, um, you know, you know Westview's trying to reevaluate what's going on over there, um, you know, t- talking with some of their coaches and what have you. But, you know, for Oceanside, I, I think this makes this game even more intriguing because, you kind of don't really know what you're getting in San Marcos. You really don't know what you're getting in Oceanside. They're two big schools. They play in a very big league. Um, and this is a game to me, I think, determines whether where San Marcos and Oceanside finish in the standings. I did my previews. I, I, I kind of predicted them to finish like on top of each other. And whoever wins this game will get the better, better place in the standings. I think they're very evenly matched, these two teams. And I'm excited to see, you know, Oceanside, you know, people are saying they got their mojo back. I'm excited to see it because um, I think San Diego High School football is better when Oceanside's hanging around and they're in the top 10 and they're in their, uh, you know, they, they're a dominant force. It's a lot more fun when the Pirates are, are, are competing with everybody. Um, and, and I think in the grand terms, terms of things in San Diego, I think a lot of teams right now are very evenly matched from about four in the county all the way down. You could probably go down to 25. I think all those teams are pretty evenly matched. Um, but, yeah, the Oceanside game yesterday, I think that was tough to tell. I mean, you're playing a Westview team um, that's trying to, you know, build a program up that's, uh, you know, had some issues in the past of winning games. Um, and, it, I don't know, I, I, it's a lot of question marks for me for this next game, and I'm excited to see it uh, Friday night uh, at San Marcos. Friday night, 97-3. It's going to be streaming for this one, correct? Correct. The Padres are still going on, so uh, as soon as the Padres season ends, we will have – games up on the actual radio but as of right now we'll be streaming it on the radio.com app uh, if you download the radio.com app it will pull up your location services click on the 97.3 uh, button it'll start playing the live 97.3 stream um, of the game and then uh, you can also have your smart speaker do it hey alexa play 97 through the fan bam you got uh, the game on at your house if you will um, you can listen to it while you're watching the game i know a lot of people have done that in the past as well you could also, the easy way to do it, uh, you could still go to the website, 97throughthefansd.com, and click the Listen Live, and it will be our broadcast, um, even if it's during the Padre game. You just can't hear us in an actual radio when you're driving around the car, but everybody's got their uh, smartphones and their smart speakers and what have you, uh, but we'll have the stream for you for Oceanside and San Marcos next Friday night starting at 7 o'clock. At 97.3, the fan SD on social media, so you can just go ahead and follow them anyway for all the great work that Braden and Coach Cantera are doing at B underscore SERP for Braden. Thank you very much for joining us. We will talk to you hopefully next week after uh, the, the picture starts to all come together a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely, Christian. Thanks for having me, and uh, keep doing all the uh, high school football stuff. I love working with you guys, and that's uh, I'm excited for next week. Okay, now we go to my favorite person, not just in high school sports, but in all sports, John Maffey with the Union Tribune. John is currently uh, 
double dipping. He's at the honorable. He's going to talk about what he saw yesterday, all sorts of things going on. John, tell me, you just give me the bullet points. Give me the reaction to week two of San Diego high school football. I think, uh, Christian, it was kind of a neat week that uh, Mission Hills went up, had, had a, a really nice win at, at Westlake. Uh, Tory Pines got bought, got pummeled by San Clemente. That was kind of a kind of a shock. Lincoln had a had a recover a fumble and run it in for a touchdown late in the fourth quarter to 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 beat uh, El Camino. So I mean, those were just kind of you know some of the the crazier things that went on. So. I want to also talk about last week you had come on and talked about Hilltop being an, a, a team that you were really looking at as, as, you know, the upside is amazing there. They win another shootout. So the offense for Hilltop is good to go, it seems. That, you know, that's got to get you excited. Can I bounce a couple scores and we just do word association off you? Sure. All right. So uh, when I say Morris scores almost 70 points to open the season. Uh, you know, not not surprising uh, seeing who they were playing. 2-0 and El Cajon Valley. You know, ha- happy, happy for them. I think, uh, I don't know if that'll continue, but but I think it's great that they got off to a hot, to a hot start. San Pasquale beats Rancho Bernardo. Uh, you know, not surprising. I picked, uh, I picked Rancho Bernardo in that game, but San Pasquale's offense is so funky that, uh, you know, you, you never know. St. Augustine, 47 nothing over Eastlake. You know, not at all surprised that, uh, that Saints won, surprised by the score. 2-0 and Granite Hills. You know, again, not surprised. Granite Hills uh, came out of a great summer, and, and uh, you know, not, not surprised at all that they're 2-0. Man, I cannot seem to surprise you with anything. Finally, just uh, El Elyon Noah, put that into context because you have seen a lot of the best of the best in San Diego. What does a moment like that mean for this kid and for our community? What kind of a player are we watching? You know, I, I he's a, he's a great high school football player. It's going to be really interesting to see where he lands in college and and what he does. He's kind of an undersized, uh, you know, tough, hard nosed back. Uh, you know, and, and I, I wish him well. And I, and I think, you know, to put it in context, uh, you know, 5,000 career yards is, is just unbelievable. There's only been, you know, like 15 backs in the history of the county who've gone for, for 5,000. And he's got a chance to go for 6,000, maybe even a little more. Absolutely unbelievable. John, any parting notes? I know that the Honor Bowl is moments away from kicking off, so hopefully we can have some Cathedral Catholic coverage for us to read from you. But any final notes on week two of San Diego High School football? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think uh, it, it, honestly, it was a, it was a really good week. Uh, you know, uh, some of our uh, our teams beat the out of town teams. Long Beach Milliken fell to to Carlsbad. That's a great win. You know, I think I think we're off to a really good start, and we'll see what Cathedral can do tonight against a really good team from Arizona. John Maffey, they can follow all of you at the Union Tribune. Uh, this, the everything's going to be coming out on Sunday then throughout the week all sorts of great stuff John thank you very very much for joining us you have a great rest of your day great Christian thank you